Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us again. My name is Ted Hong. And I'm Richard Bertelson. And today we watched Palm, Palm Springs. Springs. Palm Springs. Good day so far? Today, tomorrow, it's all the same. You, what is going on? Hey, get out of the water! Guess you followed me. It's one of those infinite time loop situations you might have heard about. That I might have heard about? Yeah. The second you fall asleep, it all just goes back to the start. I drove all the way back home to Austin, and I still woke up here. One time, I smoked a bunch of crystal and made it all the way to Equatorial Guinea. It was a huge waste of time. Well, then what's the point of living? We kind of have no choice but to live. No, I'm going to get out of this. So Palm Springs is one of those timely things you might have heard about. Um, <laughs> It's Groundhog Day, except done with a twist, which, I mean, there's been lots of versions of Groundhog Day after Groundhog Day. Yep. Most of them are made for TV movies that aren't good. This one is made for Hulu, but it's very good. Oh, it's uh, so good. And the only other, like, majorly successful one I can think of that I think most people like is to, the Day After... No, what what is the name of that yeah. movie? The Edge of Tomorrow. The Edge of Tomorrow. I was going to say that I was going to say Tomorrow Never Dies, which is a James Bond movie, and then I was going to say The Day After Tomorrow, which is a Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Neither of them time loops. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Missed opportunity, right? <laughs> so uh, Andy Sandberg's character Niles. We enter the movie where he has already been stuck in the time loop for unknown amount of time. He doesn't mm -hmm. know, but we know that it's excruciatingly long. He's already in that part of Groundhog Day where Bill Murray can already predict everything that's going to happen in the restaurant. The opening scene with Andy Samberg, he knows everything that everyone's going to do. He has probably been doing this for years and years. Later in the movie, he suggests that he may have forgotten some of his actual life before it. it's been so long. Right. The twist in this one is not only that, but he is the day he is stuck in is a wedding, his girlfriend's Friend. friend's wedding. Yeah, she's part of the wedding party. And so they're... They're kind of in the middle of the desert. I assume this is like a destination wedding. So that kind of traps him and everyone in this place that is far away from anything else. And so he kind of has no choice. I mean, he tries. He has tried. It is shown. But he pretty much can't do anything else. He just has to live in this wedding over and over again. And the, the weird twist of this movie also is that there's a concrete reason why it happens, or at least... You know, like, Groundhog Day never explains itself. Right. Um, Edge of Tomorrow does. Right. But, but that's in its own sci-fi element. Right. All we need for the synopsis right now, though, is there, he went into a cave. The cave, we learn later, is like the center point of some quantum reaction. <laughs> but anyway, so he lives it over and over again. Turns out if anyone else goes in the cave, though, they join him in the repeat. So everything resets except for him. And then at a certain point, another guest, the sister of the bride... He, he uses all of his knowledge to essentially try to sleep with her. They go off. Hijinks ensue. J.K. Simmons tries to kill him. And they go into the cave, and she enters the cave, too. And so she is now stuck in this time loop. So we do the weird thing where we discover the time loop, but through her eyes, because he has already seen it. Right. He's already been through it a million times. What happens from there is kind of a romantic comedy. Mm -hmm. um, they go through the stages of she's losing her mind because this is insane we go through the suicides we go through the hijinks the just fucking everything up because it's fun and over the course of that time they grow affection for each other um we learn that this isn't the first time that niles has brought someone into his time loop that jk simmons is also in the time loop and he his was, character is roy his character is roy 
he partied with Roy one night at the wedding, and then he took Roy purposefully that time to mm-hmm. the cave to have him well, relive. Uh, I would say purposefully while under the influence. Well, very drug, uh, lots of drugs in their system. Yeah. <laughs> so Roy actually commuted to the wedding, so he wakes up in his hometown. But every couple weeks, or as Niall says, I don't really know because time is kind of a blur, but every once in a while, Roy shows up to exact revenge and brutally murder uh, Niles. Niles. But for the most part, it's kind of just a movie. It is, it's just going through the day over and over again, just like all the movies do. But instead of being a morality tale the way that I think Groundhog Day is, Groundhog Day is very much he has to be a better person. Uh-huh. Whereas this movie, that's not the point of this movie. It's not the point. However, it is explored. They become better people. Yeah. Mm. That's not how they fix the time loop, that's I guess not, is what I mean. Right, right. The it's time loop the, is fixed yeah, in Groundhog Day because... He made this change. Right. right. Um, whereas this one... The solution is there. Them fixing whatever problem they had within themselves does not automatically bring right. them back to the time that they need to be in. No, they can fix themselves and then they can get to a place where they have had it already. Like, for example, I'm going to jump a little bit into the story where uh, Sarah just, you know, she goes and gets the resources and she just keeps hammering it out every day and day. The solution to this problem in this movie is she literally learns quantum physics <laughs> and then just comes up with a theory and that can break it yeah what happens to the goat <laughs> no we still don't know we don't know nor will we ever it's presumably in whatever timeline they landed in right <laughs> unless there's a an end credit sequence um we didn't go all the way to the end the credits way. we watched I mean, the mid credit sequence right i don't know if it has two end credit sequence come on i mean well <laughs> marvel well when does a marvel movie end and marvel movie begin uh touche but I think we, so far, like, we've talked about this kind of weird sci-fi plot. Mm-hmm. I feel like a little dryly, but the the point that I would like to drive home about this movie is it's very, very funny. <laughs> it is ridiculously funny. But it's not, like, the kind of funny where they're doing it for jokes. It is well ingrained into their characters. Like, Andy like, Sandberg's character comes from a place. He is He is a little ridiculous, but because he is such a broken human being from reliving the same day over and over and over again. It just comes out. And they use that for both means. They use that premise mm-hmm. to make him do ridiculous things that are hilarious. But right. it also used that premise to also ingrain or endear you to his character. Because exactly. it's also very sad. It is clear that he has kind of given up life having any purpose or meaning or reason to do anything, Mm -hmm. which we also learn as it chips away that he does feel like life has meaning. He just kind of, because he's stuck here, he doesn't want to... jaded. He doesn't want to admit it or explore it because he can't do anything about it. Right. So he resigns himself to this infinite loop. And so he doesn't adhere to any social norms. And it's uh, that's where the the hilarity ensues. Like, But it's even within his character... I think, like, for one example, I don't know why this just stood out, was when he was taking off his pants, his swim trunks, and he was wearing boxers. That's just him, right? <laughs> right. Uh, but er- any other thing, it's like he doesn't have to adhere to the social norms because, I mean, when you've lost your mind and nothing else matters, you do whatever the hell you want. Right. And, of course, that, you know, that goes with the movie. I don't know if they're the three main characters, I guess. Is Roy, Sarah, and Niles, are they the three main characters? I would say... Roy's not in it as much. Is he more prominent than other characters, though? In terms of like character webs, he would be the opposite side. I guess I'll jump into this. Both Niles and Sarah wake up in like the worst versions, whereas right. he does not. Roy, he just has lost sight of it. 
Because if you remember, the premise for him getting into the time loop is that he wanted to stay in that. He wanted to escape it, right. if I'm remembering this correctly. Yeah. Right? He, he left his family to come to this wedding, had a great party night. Right. And I think when he says, I wish I could live this night forever, what he means is the sort of doldrums of domestic life mm-hmm. are, have kind of worn him down. Right. Uh, but what he learns after going back and living with his family, waking up in that same moment over and over again, is that his family is everything. Yeah. Because he says that line. We know that he's jaded a little bit because he says that line when he first meets uh, Niles. Right. That uh, Confucius says that marriage is an endless pit of yes. sorrow. <laughs> and <laughs> he Andy did Sandberg, not say and that. And just goes, no, he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Which that's, they're all of the... Th- the three of them, they play off each other so well. Their timing mm-hmm. and their delivery. Oh, it's so... it's Yeah. Because they're all kind of fucked up people in a little bit of a way. And mm-hmm. so when they play off each other as characters, those actors bring it out so extremely well. Absolutely. So in that sense, he ref- he is like the... Uh, He's a foil. Foil. Where Niles decided that this was all just hell. He was going to live in a re- repetitive hell forever. And right. there's no point in trying to like anything or being better. What... Roy decided was, I can enjoy this, the preciousness of being able to just enjoy my family every single day without, mm-hmm. there's lots of things I'll miss he even acknowledges, but, right. but there's nothing wrong with this moment yeah. because he's content with himself and he's content with his family. He had to change mm-hmm. for himself. And I think it was a little different for Sarah and Niles because they were both in that morning, they woke up to people were either reminders of a life they did not right. like or just from being with that person and I just really, made them feel more alone. Right. So. I love that. I love that because that, that's a twist on this sort of story too is that instead of just waking up, I mean, you could argue in Groundhog Day, he wakes up in a place he doesn't want to be, mm-hmm. but there's nothing strikingly bad about, bad about where it, he right. wakes up. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this movie, yes, very specifically, Niles wakes up looking at his girlfriend Misty. who he does not who they they have a loveless relationship they don't mm-hmm. they even says directly at one point when he breaks up with her you don't like me and she says i don't like you but i don't want you to break, break up, up with me, with me. Yeah. <laughs> and then of course it's teased out later in the movie we don't know this immediately but where she wakes up is she's actually cheating okay. the beginning of that their wedding day starts with the groom cheating right. with the bride sister. And right. the bride sister is Sarah, our <clears throat> our co-main character. Yeah. And so when you kind of realize that, and I don't think it's clear to you, it's clear that Andy Samberg's character is is burnt out at the beginning when he wakes up next to Misty, but it's mm-hmm. not necessarily so clear that, is that because of the repeating or is that because of the relationship? I think it's a combination of both. I because, think it is too. Yeah. But I don't think I'm just saying the, what the movie communicates to you. Mm. I think I think I took at least the reveal to how miserable he was in his relationship was later. Whereas you don't necessarily have a reason to believe that it's as striking. I guess you find that out before you find out well, Sarah's issue. Yeah. But once you find out Sarah's thing, you it hits you, the gravity of it hits you. Like she is literally waking up at her weakest moment of her life and she has to wake up. No matter how much fun they have in the day, her and Niles, it doesn't change the fact that every morning when she wakes up, she's committed possibly the worst deed of her life. Right. And she has to look at it every single day. Right. Oof, and I think that's, a... that's where their character arcs come in, too, because her character arc is to change and be better. Whereas Niles is waking up in something that he never took action to fix. It's Correct. not his worst moment. It's just that he accepted... Being in this relationship... He was too passive. Right. 
And that's how he is in the movie. Mm-hmm. And to break, and he even refuses to break out of the time loop because he's scared. Because and well, the, when you, it would be terrifying. I mean, if technically, lived, it's a comfort now because if, he's done the same thing. He knows everything. No, if you lived forty years, which by the way, the IMDb trivia says that's how long he was caught in the time loop, according to the writer. All right. <laughs> um, and with everything being the same, it suddenly being different every day would be a horrifyingly terrifying, just absolutely terrifying. Absolutely thought. terrifying. It's terrifying enough in reality when things change, when things change all the time. Right. But when a big, when things change slightly more than they always do, mm-hmm. that's terrifying. Yeah. So for something to be so easy for you to navigate to suddenly be, and I don't think that's ever explored either in the movie and other movies is that actually getting out of this would be a weird situation. Like even if you, you wouldn't, you would want to get out of it, but part of you after a certain amount of time, you've resigned to the comfort of it. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is familiar. So yeah, his, his, where hers is she needs to kind of be better than that moment as a character arc. His is that he needs to, he needs to make a decision and make changes and like just be take chances, I guess, not just be resigned to. Well, it's kind of hard to say that because I think even in when he talks about his background and you can even see how he does things, um, he's always taking chances. Well, maybe not when we first see him in his character. No, he already knows everything. He so knows everything. He knows that nothing bad will happen from what he does. Right. But then point, it's yeah. already as a result of him having tried things. You know, he said he's, tried killing himself and there are times when he failed and it took forever. He got, that's true. That's true. So he did try. So it's more, it's not more about him as a person overall, but him as a person where we meet him in the story. Right. I would say being with the wrong person made him feel more alone. Every relationship that he had, it was on a very superficial level. He was not allowing himself to be more vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas, you know, when they saw the dinosaurs, he did open up, and even in the car scene afterward, he was so... He, yeah. It was uncomfortable it was for him clear that, a little bit in the audience. Yeah. I mean, I felt uncomfortable. For yeah, him. it was clear that it meant a lot to him. Yeah. Um, and, and that was the first time that he had opened up and allowed himself to open up instead of pretending that anything... None of it matters. Yeah. Because obviously he's a human. Of course it matters. But yeah, yeah he yeah. very much... That, had, that would have been kind of the, the walls he put up just to survive in this repeating... Mm-hmm emptiness but and that's i think in some way it's a it's a reflection of how you know most people go about things it's yeah. a, no that's yeah. the, that's where this story works so this well is that allegorical it, it uses it uses this time loop in their interactions in it to actually make very valid points about just how we live anyway right i mean you go to jk simmons things it's about appreciating the moment you know it's which anyone can do because we all just let time pass right and mm-hmm. not appreciate hey, you know when he's describing how fucking weird his kid is but <laughs> my favorite line in the movie <laughs> that's joey he's but, tending to his dog shit <laughs> but that's not the best line it's the slow pause and then it's weird it's weird oh fuck that's right <laughs> <laughs> But then he goes on to say, it's weird, but... Yeah. I was too busy laughing when yeah, he was... But it is just there cut a, to him watering... I mean, the, you know, this is the, <clears throat> it's not the exact words, but the gist of that conversation is, but, but what else could you really ask for? I mean, life is a bunch of kind of meaninglessness. So if you're stuck in a place where you can see that you have people that you love and you have a nice thing, it may not be exciting or crazy. It may not change very often, but I say very... It doesn't change for him at all, but I say very often pulling it more towards life mm-hmm. <laughs> that, hey, you know, this isn't so bad. Like, this is something that you, if you stop and look at it and enjoy it, yes, then 
it's kind of great, actually. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the... Re- why that doesn't tie so well to Sarah, it's a, it's a valid message, but it, I think it... It doesn't tie directly to them being in the time loop, for Sarah and Niles being in the time loop, because he says, you know, everyone can find the Irvine, which that's the town he lives in, and Niles is like, I don't have one. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing is, it's not that Niles needs to find some place he can repeat forever. He just needs to find a place that he's happier. That he's happier. And it's mm-hmm. actually very specifically for him, not this moment. Right. It's the next moment. Right. So he needs to move on, which again, is just allegory for him getting out of that shitty relationship and finding something better. Just like for her, she's stuck in this moment. She's, you know, we see the way her family talks about her, that she's this fuck up and she drinks too much. Why would they think that? Because I, fu- I fuck up and I drink too much. It's her line in the movie. Yeah, it was her line, yes. <laughs> and um, so that's why allegorically she wakes up in that moment is that all she can see every day of her life is the worst version of herself. And what she needs to do is look, look at the better quality she has. Yes. And while that's not the mechanical reason they break out, these are the character. These are the the character yeah. arcs. Dare yes. we say? Um, <laughs> and these are the ways that it ties to our real life. That if you're focused so heavily on your your misdeeds of the past, then you're gonna miss out on moving forward and being something better. Because as Andy Samberg says with the cookie, it doesn't matter what happened before. The next, you know, the, when I bite this candy bar, it's gone. Candy it's bar. over. Yes, I was when gonna I, correct you. Yeah. I'm pretty bar. sure it's a Twix, which has a. It was a Twix. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a nice, solid choice because it comes in two twos. Yeah. And I mean, she disagrees with him. And I think they're both a little wrong in that situation. I think the movie knows they're both a little wrong in that situation. You can't completely ignore the past, which is what he's proposing. Because once that bite's gone, it doesn't matter that that bite's gone. It's a void. There's nothing there. I can take the next bite, and that's all that matters, what I'm doing now. Right. And she says, well, no, you can't actually know someone unless you know everything. The full package. You, don't, you, just, you, know, you see the full picture, the full package, yeah. And I think they're... Both wrong and both right in that, which is that it's actually both. And I think that that's what the movie, them coming together is actually kind of part of the they, point of the movie. They complement each other. Is that you can't know someone truly without knowing all, all about them. But you also can't pretend like that is a, st- a static image of them. And right, that right. they what they do in the future can't be different or right. better. The yin to the yang. Absolutely. I love that we talked about this movie kind of really seriously mm-hmm. because it goes to show you this movie is a really funny comedy. It absolutely, <laughs> and like, yeah. We were laughing the whole time. It is so funny. I missed but some parts just from laughing. It's it's awesome that talking about a comedy, you can still talk so much about, about the characters the, the heart and about it. the purpose of it. Yeah. And it is essentially just a romantic comedy, but it is so much deeper than most of those are. It gets about two people falling in love, essentially, is mm-hmm. why I say it's a romantic comedy, and it's funny. Yes. But it's not a cliche one in any way. Mm-hmm. It is an entirely fresh take on that genre. Yeah. Even though it uses a premise a little bit of a, before, but A little bit of a genre bend. Yeah. But then I guess a lot of romantic comedies also do that. But they always seem to adhere to this structure that's like beat by beat that follows the same sort of yeah, and cliche. This, and and while this, I mean, you it, know, story it, structure, this it hits kind the darkest moment does, where they're separated. Yeah, and they, mm-hmm. It, it, it does. does. However, this is a little more genuine and there's weight to the comedy. And the um, characters are so, it's weird because we talk, we've, we've mentioned briefly about them being like kind of, particularly with Niles, being kind of out there and silly. But he also feels very real. He feels like, yeah. and so does Sarah. And... Roy, we don't get that until later with him. He's yeah. weird the first couple times we see him. But, but 
they are such well written characters and such well acted characters that the performances really they, sold it. Yeah, the characters and the the actors alone remove it from that cliche genre picture. Mm-hmm. Can I add one little side note? Yeah, you know when you play a video game, you play a story mode. It's all scripted, but if you have an open world situation and you start in the same time, that's how it feels, right? It's like you right. catch them in a, a weird way. You know what they're always going to do just because it's how it's scripted. Right. And that's just thinking about it from their perspective. Everything now seems so scripted. I actually thought about that in the movie. I was yeah. like, this is kind of like a video game. Like, yeah. Cause yeah. They're all NPCs, but... But you know, th- this one always walks back and forth between here and here. Yes. And so I can... If it's like Skyrim or something, I can drop a big wheel of cheese in front I was, of them or whatever. I was thinking exactly of Skyrim was what I was imagining. Because Skyrim has that balance where they don't all stand in the same... Because some, some games, every NPC just stands in the same place. Doesn't right, right. Skyrim has a 24-hour cycle that they all, that they they all, all do. Yep, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's where there was a discrepancy when he says, oh, I don't remember this. It's very blatant that he's just hiding stuff. Right. Because he remembers everything to a T in terms of where people will be, where they will fall. I think you could see that as not a discrepancy. I think there is, but because he well, remembers in a discrepancy in his his projection of himself, right? Because he remembers things that are more recent to him, but he may not remember things forty years ago before he got in the time loop. Yeah, I mean, it's feasible. But at the end of the movie, he does remember he has a dog. He has a dog. Yep. So he again, yeah, breaking that. He was very clearly lying. Which I mean, the scene he commu- like the actor communicated well enough right. that like he clearly just didn't want to talk about his past, mm-hmm. uh, probably from a lot of pain of not being able to live any of his life anymore. <laughs> So what difference does this you know, make? It just kind of hit me right now. Um, I wish I had mentioned this when you were talking about his relationship with Misty and her. She is a very good reflection of him in the sense that we don't like each other, but we stay. Right. Right? It's a very passive kind of thing. Like, you don't do anything to... You're not an agent of change for your own being. Um, That's why they're both exactly wrong for each other, because they right. are kind... They. They reinforce their own weaknesses. Yeah. For some reason, I'm having a, a bit of trouble because I, guess, I suppose it's because it's passive. There's nothing else he can do. Oh, so that's where he goes and, you know, for 40 years goes and explores, right? Because there's nothing else he can do. Right. Whereas with this, with um, with Sarah, he can now instigate change. You change things. Yeah. And so, yeah. A couple things. No. One. Okay. I just remember the scene. It's the first scene in the movie. Yeah, see, it happens. Because you're talking about Misty. Yeah. Watching Andy Samberg annoyingly jack off. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, what about it? Uh, He was just really funny in that scene. I don't know, like... (laughs) It was, yeah. (laughs) It is literally, like, the first scene in the movie. The first scene. It's clear, actually. I I like that touch, though. He, He wakes up. She's moisturizing your legs, and uh-huh. he just says, nice leg, yeah. which I think is, I think the infer- inference there is that he he narrowed down the shortest way to sex. Yeah. He, he probably tried a bunch of different things. He's like, all I have to say is this one thing. <laughs> that's, where, that's how we'll have sex. But there's also a comedy bit because there's a throwback to that because every two things. So obviously there's a part where she tells, oh, what is his name? It's a D and a P, whatever the guy that she's fucking. She says, lift my leg higher. That's one. (laughs) (laughs) And he even says something about to get a leg up. So leg, leg, leg. Just a a little bit of a motif there. a little bit of a motif. But yeah, so it leads to them having sex. But then she stops because she didn't have enough time. And also it's too light in here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What was that? Oh, man. 
I mean, I think the inference is that she has to look at him. She has to, yeah. <laughs> and so she just starts getting ready. And she just says, she, I mean, she invites him to. She says, watch me. And so he just turns around and jacks off. But she just becomes but like, like seriously, but also just like begrudgingly. <laughs> He's clearly annoyed about needing to do that. But then she starts kind of complaining about not being able to find her grandmother's earring. Right. And as she's continuously bitches about it he just gets more <laughs> but doesn't stop <laughs> i mean honestly if you're trapped in a time loop nothing else is just it'll reset i one thing that i really did like about his character is that he did care and it was when they were pulled over and he never thought to harm anyone i think he did he says he did he says he knows he says, "What we what oh, happens, what happens to us doesn't matter, but right. what happens what we do to other people because she she hurts J.K. She crushes his legs between cars. Yeah, and Roy. she says, right? She yeah. says, what what difference does it make? Like nothing matters.' And he says, "Well, what happens to us doesn't matter. Right. Tomorrow will still be today, but what we do to other people matters because we remember it. We see we have to live with what we've done." Man, you are remembering these lines like <laughs> the back of your hand right now. It's a super good movie. Yeah, it and is. also as we go through. <laughs> There's just, it uses this premise, like Groundhog Day is a fucking great movie. Love mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Edge of Tomorrow is a fucking great movie. But this movie takes... This has more heart. This movie takes the premise and explores it on like a, a, a morality stance in a way. Yes. And like a real human experience way that those movies don't do. Mm-hmm. In many different facets, too. It doesn't just say, oh, we're going to rest on this. Oh, what is it like to be sad because you live in the same time over and over again? But also... What what does it mean if there's no consequences for you? Are there no consequences for other people? You know things like that. Right. It it he's made the he's asked a lot of questions. Yes. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, it is alluded to that he he does he did say he, he's known it from experience, but mm-hmm. it's vague. Um. So it is feasible for him to have done something in the time loops to hurt people. Probably a lot of the ways in which why he's broken. Yeah. I also like when she she does the thing that you know. They always do. Like she wants to kill herself early on when she's turned into this time frame, and he, <laughs> he just takes, takes off his seatbelt seat and leans up against the dashboard. Yeah. What are you doing? I'm preparing myself for the quickest death because <laughs> the pain is real. Yeah, <laughs> and, and see, and that that that's another motif yeah. that just echoes throughout the movie. No, actually, I thought that was a really poignant moment um, later when because in that same conversation later when she, when she's like nothing matters mm-hmm. and he says no the pain is real and at yeah. that moment. He's very clearly not... He's talking about emotional pain. Yeah. And he's talking about... It's not just that when you physically hurt... When you physically hurt each other or physically hurt other people, we feel the physical pain. But the emotional trauma... And also you take that out of the time loop thing goes to when you're living a mundane, it mundane repetitive life mm-hmm. or when you're not fixing things, when you're not fixing your relationship, when you're not bettering yourself, when you're not appreciating the moments you're in, the pain is still real. Like yes. he's talking about the the overall message of the, the film there too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That you took the words right out of my mouth. So even though he said something about like, he's had personal experience about hurting others, even in his, you know, his darkest moment, even though things were meaningless, he, you know, how certain characters, because it's meaningless, they will do whatever to hurt people. Like now it's just another pastime, but no, he just does a lot more of like self harm, I guess, self harm. Um, not always self-harm, but in yeah. the most direct way. But but yeah, um, making an ass of himself. Making an ass of himself, like, yeah. just drinking and just yeah. kind of numbing things. It shows you that he, even with all of this stuff kind of crushing his spirit, 
He's still a good person, still or at least person. he found his way back to being a good person. Right. Which is really important, too, to just liking a character in a narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just to knowing that as as for, if they can be ridiculous, you always still need to know that there's a reason for you as an audience member to be rooting for to them. To rooting for them. Yeah. But the thing is, it's like, for comedy's sake, and it's already, there are dark elements in terms of like dark comedy for this. Absolutely. Um, that could have gone in that direction, is my point. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, he could have just been like... It could have ended up being a really mean-spirited movie. Yeah. But I mean, it's actually a movie that makes you feel really good. Even though we've talked sure. a lot about the sadness and repetitive nature of this yeah. narrative, it's actually a movie that's that's very funny and makes you feel very good. Yes. <laughs> because it explores those things in a way that pulls you out the other side and yes. realizing that life is actually a gift. Speaking of which, how the movie starts, I really have to applaud it. Like, if you compare it to Groundhog's Day, it starts in the beginning. There is the whole exposition whereas this one it's just, just right off it. the bat which is i mean i remember asking i was like wait does he is he already in the loop mm-hmm. and he already was and if like if you watch it with that uh lens you start to pick up these little details about him even the parts where he f- was you know really extravagant with his knowledge like you know during the dance putting the chair behind what's his face and knowing that some people were banging behind the cactus it's just he moves so effortlessly but and if you weren't paying attention for the first few seconds, you would have missed some of that detail because it wasn't mm-hmm. like it wasn't highlighted to a certain point, like whereas some movies might. You could easily kind of read that as him just being a quirky person. Right. It becomes clearer and clearer. It's too far past that. Mm-hmm. But it does play with if you didn't know the premise, you wouldn't necessarily like if you didn't know the premise at all. At all. Yeah. You would be like, this is kind of weird. But is he just like a really interesting guy? Right. And he so was like charming in that sense to try to uh, to get to Sarah. It could fool you on a first viewing yes. into, but then also on a second viewing, you would still know, oh yeah, that works perfectly. Like, I see yeah. exactly what's going on. Because he already yeah. knew. Yeah. Man, 40 years. According I mean, to the right. According to the, yeah. Yeah, the movie never explains yeah. that. Yeah. Which I like. I like that they, they left it to some um, ambiguous. Would you have liked the movie better if it ended just with the explosion and you didn't know what happened to them? It's funny. I thought about I that because it, it held on black for a little too long. And I was like, okay, I would be I would be okay if it ended right there. I would have liked it from a thematic right. reason. I mean, it's totally fine. The way it ends is totally fine. There's nothing wrong with the ending. It's right. good. So when you say totally fine, you mean... But I would have... I think it would have been... There would have been something kind of powerful about not knowing because it doesn't matter. Because they have... They are both better people and they are together. Yeah. And so what happens to them next doesn't actually matter. You know that they are happy being dead or being tomorrow or being the same. It doesn't, whatever, whether they fix their reality or they're still stuck in the loop or they just died. Mm -hmm. In any of those three situations, they are happy because they made themselves happy and they made each other happy. And so what happens next is completely irrelevant. Yeah. It would have been, it would have been very conclusive at that point, even without the, the pull scene. Yeah. Which is still very enjoyable. Yeah, it's yeah, it's good. And I like I was that, happy. there is a nice touch in that where she's yeah. like, You have a dog, you never mentioned a dog, it's like it never came up. And because it, it also teases something kind of like the end of the graduate style, where it's like, Okay, well, now they're living in the real world. There's a bunch of stuff they don't know about each other because they know a lot about each other because they spend right. a lot of time together, but they spend yes. a lot of time together in a very specific situation. Why would you talk about what your former job was? They probably don't know where each other lives. They don't like, you know, why would they? Mm-hmm. There's no reason for them to know. Right. And so this is like a journey they're going to go on now, which is just like 
starting in a relationship. Yeah. You just a bunch of shit you don't know about the person, even though you hung out a couple times. Yeah. And, and it's funny because she also says like you have to know the whole package. And maybe at some point, maybe she might have been trying to reveal the situation the morning that she wakes up in. Sure, but she didn't. He ended up finding out on his own. I think she only didn't. In the, I think you're right. She maybe wanted to, but she didn't because he was on. Unreci- he did. He was. Yeah, yeah. He was. Yeah. He didn't want to. He wasn't engage. reciprocating. Yeah. Re- reciprocating. Reciprocating. Um, would you have made any changes to this? I'm going to say a resounding no for me. No. Uh, if like what I just said, if I were the one actually making the movie, when I got to that part of the cut, I probably would have said, "No, that's a good end. We don't yeah. need the last scene." But it's totally fine the way it is. I, there's nothing else I would change. I I like both ways. If it had ended uh, where after the explosion. Yeah, actually, it might have been a little more. It'll make it would make you feel something. You'd be like, "Wait, is that it?" You'd I want to know more. You might be a little upset, yeah. But then you'd also, but then I think it would sink into you. Yes. No, it doesn't matter. That they, they, this they, is the message. They it came doesn't matter. together. Yes, yeah. exactly. But I do like that there was a happy ending. Yeah. So you could. It works. I mean, if you want, you could even just say, "Oh, damn, we'll leave it ambiguous." Well, that's a. That's about it. That's a pod. You guys. That's a cast. Should go watch it again. I will certainly watch it again. I just thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I want to watch it again. Yeah, I yeah. I think I'll watch it again. Um, I think this rose all the way to like one of my top favorites. It's so good, and I, I can't reiterate enough. We talked about so many serious parts of the movie, but the movie is funny the entire way so through. It's just funny. great that it also has so much heft to it, which heft. is what I'll leave with. It's just. A comedy doesn't have to be stupid. A comedy can be very smart and very, like, emotionally well-written yes. and still be very funny. So when people are excusing movies for being, oh, it's just a dumb comedy, it doesn't have to be. Right. It can be a smart movie and be real funny. And not even, like, it wasn't even pretentious in any way. No. You know? It was, like, it's well... Such an easy watch. Yeah. Anyone can watch this movie and have mm-hmm. a good time. Thank you so much for listening to the Character Arc Podcast. Um, you can find us each week where we talk about movies and sometimes some other things. Uh, we're going to start plucking out an anime podcast once in a while, so look for more information on that. And uh, as usual, D&D is still a monthly endeavor. You can find us at characterarc.net. You can follow us on Facebook at Character Arc, on Instagram at Character Arc. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs>